be doing Ted this week. Love Talk Radio. To be doing Ted this week. And I think it's really... that we've ever had and I'm not really sure why but we left the theater and Shane just said I'm out like he just took off I, I'm walking back to my car going I think he might just quit the show altogether no, oh, and like never on. show that's not it at all I was you know it was late uh, yeah we had a very interesting adventure to go see the film and right we had we had to go see the film uh, on Friday night and we ended up having to see it at like the 10:30 show. So it's not instant reaction review, but this weekend just was crazy. Right. Before we get completely into Ted, and this actually could be an interesting show in another way because I'm not sure maybe this is just me, but I'm not sure if there's that much to talk about. Oh, uh, we say <laughs> this, uh, we say maybe, this every week with I know, films. I know and, I think, and it I always it always goes about. crazy, but anyway, before we get into Ted, I wanted to say just a couple of quick things uh, about Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. And oh, we're going back. Uh, All right. One of uh, one of the things that I wanted to say, and I meant to say this during the show, and I never got around to it, is um, what's uh, what's the guy's name? Dominic Cooper. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to say about the movie was, I felt like if Dominic Cooper and Rufus Sewell had switched roles. It would have like instantly been a much cooler movie. It, there's something to being like the bigger name as the evil person, I guess. Right. Like the more recogn- that's like old school movie, right? Yeah, I mean, right. it's like you have a big name as the hero and a big name as the villain. Yeah, that that's how that rolls and everything. But I thought Rufus Sewell could have done a lot better job with that character. Yeah, and I felt like he was a little wasted in the character that. He did have. He certainly was wasted in the character he had. He just doesn't look like Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> so he's out. <sighs> no. Uh, no, Dominic Cooper's the little oh, helper no, guy. He, he, yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Right, not Abraham Lincoln I was himself. thinking Abraham no. Lincoln. I'm like, no, nah, I mean, you got to cast him no, no. based as, on if they as, look like that As the little, the little helper guy. And, right. and, and, I mean, he can be like a good guy and everything. He's been in plenty of good guy roles. Rufus it's not Sewell. like he's Bela Lugosi no. or something. And... <laughs> Rufus Sewell has been around for a long time, and that guy deserves more work. Yeah, he's great. I, I, I he's like fun. him in a lot of he stuff. He is so underutilized. Like, before... Before, um, you know, I started seeing him pop up in little bit pieces here or there. He was almost like a, like a, like a Billy Zane, Gary Elwes kind of guy who was just seemingly always as this third-rate character who was just around to get smoked by right. something. Um, but if you see Rufus play, like in a bigger part, he's he's great and he's he's very captivating. He's very cool to watch on screen. Like when he's doing something, I'm watching him. Do his work, right. so and he needs more work. He, that he, guy's great. He can make a lot of strange roles in indie stuff. Yeah, into things that are really very memorable. cool. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So anyway, that was just my one thing. There was I thought maybe that would have actually helped the film quite a bit if they would have just yeah. switched roles. I, I just so think it would have. I just think it would have worked better. Well, no, that's true. I know what you're saying. That's just not, like this the was one the big thing, impetus right. that was the big decide. But it just it, the that other, was one in a minute. The other thing that I wanted to just bring up is I listening back to our show last week. I thought it was a very cool kind of just you know like a asterisks to put by the show that we have uh, that everyone should keep going back and checking out if you right. are especially if you're new the one where we talk about our rating system and, and how, we how, how we get our ratings and what our kind of theory of what we're supposed to be doing is because I almost feel like we kind of had exactly the same reaction Yeah, it's just that uh, you know some things are worse for some critics like yep. For me, it just it, it wasn't. I I agree with all the negative things you say. They they just weren't as much of a problem for right. me. And you know, some people go into a movie and if it does X, then that's a huge problem for them. Yeah. And for other people, I recognize the X is there. It's yeah. just not that not big a big problem thing. for me. Yeah. I thought that was a, a kind of a cool way that that played out because. Yeah, I, I feel like we we just had the exact same opinion of the movie. It just translates into a little bit different 
rating. It, yeah, I agree. It was it was I was listening to it and I was thinking kind of the same thing which which was that it was very validating for us to be able to say, well, this is how I will look at it. Not necessarily how you do, and even though we came to pretty similar ground, we came at it from totally different right. seem to be pretty much in line with how we said we see that we viewed films. So Right. Um, so, um, just because... That was I, a weird process, though. I mean, right. we were basically just looking for other uh, things, and then in the end, I'm like, I'm giving it this. You're like, yeah, I think I'm pretty yeah, close to that. Right. I'm like, oh. Uh, so, um, I, just because I wanted to say, remind people to check out, go back and check out that episode, because I think it's a pretty cool episode. That was four, it, right? In itself. It's four or five. I think it's four or five. Or, I can't remember yeah. which one, but... Um, but I mean, it's you know called rating theory something. Yeah. It's easy to figure out um, which one it is. But what is interesting is that actually, as we get some more viewers each week, yep. I notice that that one gets more more listens, more yeah. listens each which week. So good. people are doing it anyway. Good. But also, I want to remind people to do right. it because it 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 is. I feel like, especially in this kind of context, you know, it, it's good to have. Right. Some background. It's always of, good to know where you're coming of, from. Of where we are coming yeah. from, exactly. And actually, that's – I don't think I have any more housekeeping things. No, just – I mean, I just asked you before we went on. Um, there's a new app for anyone who's using iDevices. Oh, podcasts, right. Absolutely. And Podcasts has this podcast. You just have to do better than I did. I'm on the show. I didn't even know how to look for it properly. So thanks to Mark for correcting me and spelling it out. Literally, but if you have the app, you can get us. You can access the show that way if that's easier for you. Right. I I downloaded that the day it came out yep. because why would I not? I have right. a podcast. I want to pretend like right. it's getting as many views <laughs> yeah. as possible, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's perfectly easy to find our show. It really is kind of a cool app. It I is. Mean, it, it, it's a cooler way to yep. get your podcast, and it's yep. you know more dedicated. There's a brand new uh, app that costs money. I think it's called Downcast. It is. I saw that one. And as it's well. like a dollar ninety nine. It's not a lot, but it's yeah. And I have not had a chance to check that out yet, but I will. But everybody seems to be raving about yeah. that one too. So if you're listening to this, you know you're listening to podcasts, right? Give it a look. Supposedly, that's a great thing. Yep. I, I don't know anything about it, but I know that four or five different places that I follow about apps, right. um, people who They're review, review apps and everything, yeah. everybody loves it. So I saw that a bunch when this was being promoted. It now, was like podcast is out, but if you don't like it, go right, right, podcast, so. right. Now, uh, surely there's some other way that we you don't that want to we talk can about postpone Ted. talking. Oh man, about I don't it. get this. Well, okay. So, Ted, uh, as I'm sure everyone knows. Now, uh, one thing I will say about Ted, I made a joke while we were watching the movie, and I feel like I'm kind of sticking to it. I think one of these two movies only exists as a response to the other one, and I don't think it's the Soderbergh movie. So I think it has to be this one. I think somebody was sitting in an office, saw Magic Mike was coming out, and said (laughs) – you know, here's a few billion dollars. I want a movie to compete that only only guys will go to right. because all the girls are going to go to Magic right. Mike, and I want to have something in the other theater that they'll all split up. Which it's very funny because you saw this actually happen. You have, I, you have proof of yeah, the existence arrived, of this. I arrived at our eight o'clock show a little early because I knew it was going to be um, tricky to get our custom cushy seats. Right, and at, and when I got there um, at seven forty. Just before, I was about 20, 25 minutes early. There was an employee from the movie theater outside telling people that um, that the shows we were going to, Magic Mike and Ted, had been sold out. And people, you know, should just buy tickets for later shows or don't bother coming right. in because there was a line inside anyway for that for that next right. show. And it was funny when when you showed up. I commented and I said, I can tell you by watching people coming in which movie they're going <laughs> to. And there was an incredible delineation of attire. And social group, right? As people were coming in, you, if you if you don't mind the characterization, um, you know your your average Ted goer was the frat boy with the cargo shorts, which I'm rocking, uh, the backwards cap, the polo, or the Abercrombie shirt, and they came in packs of five to seven. 
And if they had women with them, they were in, you know, just normal weekend attire. The women that were coming in strictly to go to see Magic Mike looked like they were going on the town. They were right, they're going out to the, the clubs or something. They were dropped off from the limo. They just flew in. They're going <laughs> right. to check out a film. Then they're going to go get some sushi. And then they're hitting every nightclub in town. Right. And there was a huge pattern of Magic Mike. Magic right, Mike, no, right. that one's Ted. That that one's in Magic Mike. That guy infiltrated that little Magic Mike group, but he's really going at Ted. I mean, right. it was so perfect. He's walking in. He's with walking the in with them because he to wants pretend, to be with but, all of right. those women. But it it was it was amusing and it was interesting. But, but it, it's just it, it just feels like it, even when we were in the theater, it just feels yeah. like this movie exists so that guys will go see something. Yeah. During this week we're going to have where all the girls go, oh, I'm going to Magic right. Mike, right? And it can't be anything like, you know, it can't be like Spider-Man guy kind of thing because right. some girls might, you know, girls yeah. like Spider-Man. I mean, it can't be anything that, you know, yeah. could cross. Right. So it has to be purely guy. <laughs> yeah, right. All man. And, and all the previews were... who else would you get to make that right. movie than McFarlane, Seth right? McFarlane? So um, I could just jump out and give you my star rating, but now – I. I find I find this like the weirdest thing that we that we just like instantly separated. So, well, so okay. you Here, thought it was things. awesome. Let me right? say a couple things first. I, no, but let me get let me get to that point. Okay, there's setup. I don't like Family Guy. I don't. I don't, I don't like American Dad. I don't like the Cleveland Show. I don't like anything I, that Seth MacFarlane has done. He, I liked Family Guy the first season. I never did. And then after that, not it, so much. it is it is actually like. One of these rare things that I just have such a negative reaction for, because in a lot of ways, if you're just trying to tell your TV story or your sitcom or whatever, I can be patient right. enough See, with now it. Now everyone has tuned out the show already, right? Because well, I'll, I'll, get, to, I'll get to the meat like of it. I'll get I'll get to the meat of it then. I I don't like Seth MacFarlane, um, his work, and I think he <laughs> no, he's brilliant. Well, no, what's actually interesting to me is he's one of three or four people that I can I can come up off the top of my head, um, like Marilyn Manson, like uh, Rob Zombie, like Eli Roth. These are guys who, in their field, their respective fields, I do not like their their artistic output. I'm not a big Marilyn Manson song guy, but I love listening to him in interviews. He's one of the smartest guys when he's talking about whatever the interview is going on. Right. Same thing with Eli Roth. I think Eli Roth makes really bad, horrible films, and I think his decisions and choices as a filmmaker are sloppy. Uh, anytime I see him on like Bravo's 100 Scariest Movie Moments or anything talking about film, he's ridiculously engaging and smart. Right. Same thing about Rob Zombie. I think that guy doesn't have a clue what makes Michael Myers scary. You know, and he tried, had two whacks at it and a million thousand road corpses of dirty dozen whatever. I liked a lot of the first movie. I, uh, he, House of a Thousand Corpses. I liked a lot of that movie. A lot of it was kind of goofy. Overall, I didn't really like he's, it. But there were a lot of a, scenes in that movie that I was like, I, wow, that was I crazy. Not. He's but. a filmmaker who has so many wrong ideas but he is very smart about what he talks about and by way of saying Seth MacFarlane when he's in interviews when he's I saw him on like real time with Bill Maher once he was ridiculously right. funny and smart and edgy and he knew what, when to say stuff and when to shut up um I just never like any of his work ever the weird but thing about Ted, that said you know and here's no here's or... the weird thing Ted is a lot like family guy yeah you've really got is. you've got the man child who can't grow up You've got a, a talking animal that is his best friend. Right. He's associated with this girl who you can't imagine why she's um, giving him any time of day. You know, there were all these components. It's like a live-action family guy. And the the funny thing is, I thought Ted was funny and interesting and enjoyable in a way that I would never anticipate, and I've never seen an episode of Family Guy come remotely close to. So, So you liked it? I liked it. I wow. liked it a lot. That's weird. A, a lot? Even? I liked it a lot. I thought it was a lot of fun. Wow. Because in the way that you like to um, say that you come to movies, which is where, bringing it back to you know what we started off on, what is your ambition? Can you get to this? Like, is this your effort? Is this what you hope to aspire to be? Like, what does really Ted hope to, to do but go for really funny, obnoxious humor um, and entertain you? Right. For an hour and a half or so. 
Well, okay, now it's uh, not out if to you're change gonna, the world. It's not out to take. Right. If you're gonna world. if you're gonna use my own method, I, I am because my I'll own, tell you, my own you system can say what you against want here. Me. I looked over a bunch because uh, I wanted to see if you were sleeping or furious, and you were howling with laughter. No, there were a lot of funny parts in the movie for sure. I mean, I don't think there's no matter what you ultimately think of the movie, I would. Find it very hard for somebody to not laugh to deny that they're or if you, you know nothing is funny that happened you, in the movie. If that you're not be. into crude or just and I don't mean just crude humor for the sense of crude humor though that's in there, but if you if you're not a big fan of Family Guy, which I wasn't, you know, but you are a fan of humor, you know, I think. I think that, you know, you might have to make a decision how much you dislike Seth MacFarlane. Um, I don't hate him as much as, you know, I hate the worst person on the planet. Right. But I thought this movie looked entertaining and fun. Right. So, and I was, I, it met every one of my expectations. Well, okay, so I have to say, um, since we're going to use my little... My, my little rating theory there uh, and try and use it against me. No, I, I, I would say yourself, I, I would say there's an extent to which you could look at the movie and say, um, you know, it's just supposed to be kind of stupid humor, maybe yeah. kind of, you know, raunchy, goofy humor, and it's just supposed to entertain you and all that stuff, right? right. And I would say there is there comes a point where you could say that exactly to the exact same extent uh, to Freddy Got Fingered. And yeah. somewhere it's gone wrong. Right. As the question is, how much uh, how much does the movie live up to what it's trying to be? And to what extent is that a legitimate thing to try and be? So at some okay. point you get past like the point of no return, and then you're talking about Freddy Got Fingered. And the question is like, where is this movie... Well, what scale. did you think Ted was trying to be? That's what I think it was trying to be. Uh, Freddie Got Fingered? I, I'm, like, no, no, no. Uh, I'm, I think it was just trying to be – that's what I think Freddie Got Fingered was trying to be. I think it was, tra- head, it, was like tr- it was trying to be, you know, crazy, stupid humor that's right. just entertaining. I mean, it's right. not trying to change the world There's either. no social story there's, behind it. There's, there's – uh, at some point, those two movies meet, I think, in what they're trying to be. Yeah. Just some way that you describe it. You know, they're just yeah. trying to be stupid humor for the most part. There's some right. legitimate humor in Ted, too, or whatever. Yeah. But all I'm saying is just the fact that you say, well, this is what it's trying to be, doesn't mean that that gets any movie in. No, and of as course not. No, oh, yeah, I know. As long as it's, you know, right. it works on that level. <laughs> The thing that I think about Ted, actually, is that I think there are a lot of ways in which, even for for what it's trying to be, I don't know that it works all that well. Yeah. Because, um, A, a lot of the things that I was laughing at yeah. were not necessarily because they were funny exactly. I know. But because... I know one you, specific time. But because you can't believe that, it, that it's actually happened. in the movie. When he's having his job interview... And it's just... That was, uh, you, right. That, I know the right. scene you're talking about because I watched you like just fold with laughter and I'm like, he's, he's laughing and I can hear the laughter, but right. he's not amused at this. He's right. rather kind of like, I can't believe you went there. And right. you went there full force. Like, yeah. And I know what you mean. And, yeah. you know, not that it's not funny. I know. But it's maybe, it, it, it's not something that I would rate as highly. I didn't hate the movie. <laughs> That's a great accommodation. I just thought, um, I thought just, it, it's almost like last week, really. I thought yeah. it could have been so much better. And and one of the things is I think it was I think it was asinine a lot of times when it didn't need to be. Okay. When it could have had funnier humor instead of going instead of just going look this is gross or you right. know look the rabbit's or this is doing a bong again or, right, yeah. or something. Right. When it could have been like a better humor even if you laughed even if it was funny you know. Right. And there were a lot of times it was really slow. And I think for this movie, especially for what it's trying to be, you got to go, I think. You you have to keep it moving at at a fairly good clip. And there were a lot of times I feel like as soon as we weren't doing something ridiculous and and, and out of left field and everything, and it was like, you're moving to the next. Let's have some story and pretend this is really a movie. Right. 
then man, it dragged and it got really slow. All all the stuff about it that I enjoy doesn't change that this certainly shows you know what Seth MacFarlane has been doing for a while. He's been doing twenty two minute exactly, shows exactly. Yeah. And if you and I had this feeling too at, at different times in the film. Um, where there was a stretch where it was just it was going for the funny all the time and it didn't let up and in fact it just pushed harder at times and then it it kind of relaxed and then you thought okay we're gonna move to the next scene and then it went funny again right those came in about twenty minute spurts right and that's that's his medium he's writing Family Guy I mean the, really it, one of the things about the sh- about the movie that is both a positive and a negative for me is that it's really a live action Family Guy right what what What's great about that scene is, uh, excuse me, that situation is Seth MacFarlane has a hard R. Like, this is not a soft R-rated film. There's not some, you know, coarse language or some sexual situations. There's tons of it. And drug use. Like, there's a lot going on here. Right. Um, And that's a notice to anyone who's thinking that their kid who sees a talking uh, teddy bear might be the film to go to. No. Take (laughs) your kid to Brave. Don't go see Ted because you just, you're getting the hangover instead. Right. Okay. But... The limitations of Seth MacFarlane's story on TV, even though Fox is pretty liberal with him, you know, he gets PG-13. Here he's got the gates wide open and he can go for any crude thing he wants. Um, And that's good to see, you know, how funny can you be if you have no limitations. But the problem with that is it also shows how much of a neophyte he is about filmmaking. Well, you kind of, you know, you kind the. The question there too is like, what if you get the wrong answer? Like, what if what if you can do anything you want, and then it turns out that it isn't right. that funny, that or that you well, didn't really are, do, you didn't really get anywhere with? Right. It. There are some people who are only funny in confines, and I think we talked about this before. I don't think Russell Brand is funny at all, unless he is strictly put into a situation, right. and then he's actually rather charming right. and engaging. Um, but if left to his own devices, just give him a microphone and a stage. I'm yawning and I'm finding another channel like right. very quickly. He's just not funny to me. Right. It, he he's a very funny uh funny curious, right, comedian in that sort of way because uh he's he's really kind of a, a comedian, I think legitimately. Right. Uh you know, can have that title except that he's so much better at the delivery yeah than the, the actual, actual creation. creation. Yeah, right. he exactly. really is. And it, it it's weird because when Arthur came out, I yep. mean, not that we need to go on a whole Russell Brand tangent, right? But Sorry. When but... Ar- when Arthur came out, I mean, I was very hesitant because I loved yeah. the original Arthur, and I'm like, why in the hell are you remaking this? Yeah. And and then it was him, and I'm like, oh, hooray! And he actually did a really good job with yeah. it. I thought it was I thought it was you know worthwhile yeah. movie to make when I didn't think it was right. You know, in the beginning. But... Well, you know, again, uh, okay. So to steer back to Ted and Seth MacFarlane, you know, I, I totally agree. He's he's showing some very big weaknesses in in movie telling. You know, it's not a 22 minute vehicle. This is a something. If you're going to make an hour and 40, an hour and 45 minute film, not only do you need pacing, but you need to have the glue. You know, to get people from one scene to the next. And it was an interesting feeling that I had. I was like, wow, this is like the end of the episode, and now we're going to get some commercials and some filler. Right. And it's going to pick it up it, again. And it, it really, it, was like it really five, is. It, it was like a five or ten minute break, and then all of a sudden it started again. And then it was hilariously funny or terribly inappropriate, hence the awkward humor. Right. You know? But I see what you mean. Well, yeah. It, so it, this isn't. It, my it really did kind of like run perfect, like that. This isn't a perfect movie for me. Right. I just, you know, I'm, I'm more enjoyed with the humor from seeing it than you are, I think. Right. Well, I mean, I, I think I kind of, I kind of liked it okay. I just was sort of disappointed in a lot of parts of it. And even though some parts of it really are, really are funny. And yeah. what's, what's weird is that some parts of it are really me specifically funny. I mean, they're, they're like really funny you have there, to tell them what that means because people there, are listening. To there are there are moments that like sneak through that yeah. like even though they are crude and everything, right. it's kind of the way that the certain line works. I can't tell them actually because no, it's like R rated. What I would what I would tell them. Right. But there is a part where we've never said an R rated thing on the podcast. There's but. there's a part I get. I can tell you, and you'll like maybe get this part. There's a part. There's a part where, um, you know. I have no idea what anybody's name is in this movie anymore, but I'll bring um, up IMDb for I've, you. 
No, I mean I know Mark Wahlberg's name. I don't. Oh. I don't remember his his name. He his name in the movie. John. Bennett. John. John Bennett. That's right. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> you're like remembering anyway, like oh John. Yeah. Anyway, there's there's we get to the part where it's coming up on the four year anniversary, right? Right. And he's sitting on the couch talking to Ted, and he says, "I think she's going to want something special for right. our anniversary." This is an and old Ted joke. and Ted says something. Right. And it was, I thought that yeah, was really right. funny. Not even because it's it like the grossness of it, just because it's like the whole kind of dialogue exchange kind of comedy, right. as opposed to, you know, just being crude, crude and gross sake, right. comedy, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, because then the crudeness works in that right. situation, I think, in a way that it right. does not throughout everything. But I think it is – it's very weird that that is, I think, the exact way that the movie runs. And yeah. all of the in-between parts are are like we're sticking in the last couple of minutes of an episode of a show where we have to give you something that's story, right? right? And then like the first couple of minutes where it's like here's where we were last week and now right. blah, blah. And that like happens in the movie. And yep. then all of a sudden it's like, you know, boom, we're into the episode and doing funny things. Right. But all of the parts, I mean, I really feel like pretty much every part of the movie that, that really is the story. Yeah. Just was really clunky and, you know, kind of, I don't know, just fell really flat and everything. And what I thought was weird was there are a lot of parts in the movie, not every part that's telling the story, but a lot of the parts that are telling the story in the movie where it's like Seth MacFarlane goes, okay, now this is storytelling part. So funny stuff doesn't happen right Right. here. Yeah. Funny stuff happens over here when we're doing the funny stuff part. Right. And so everything is all, you know, everybody gets like real Mark Wahlberg all of a sudden is like, yeah, he's like, you know, sucking in a face from like other other movies or something when he's playing other roles or something, all of a sudden it's, I don't, I don't even know. It was very weird. I do think, I do think actually it's very cool that Mark Wahlberg and Miley Kunis took like a couple of weeks out of their schedule yeah. to make this movie because that was, that was well, very no, fun it's no of them. Well, it's no that uh, Miley Kunis did it. I mean, she's on Family Guy anyway. And well, he's right, got his right. repertoire of everybody. You know, one of the things that's really strange about the film to me, and it facilitated a part of why I liked it, is that I was so surprised that the formula, um, like what I said before, for Family Guy, put in a live-action environment, seemed to click. Right. It's almost like if you tell a story through, um, you know, I don't know, like a novel, and the novel just doesn't work for you, but you love the adaptation. You know, right. it's like one of these things that all the ingredients for Family Guy are on the screen in Ted. Even even the strange, like, weird um, pseudo-cut flashbacks you know, right, which which is the at, main at the reason beginning, I hate Family Guy. It at, is the main reason I hate it. At the beginning, that part was awesome. I thought that that well, part you know, where they were try they were leading you up to right. him getting older right. through these little these little the cuts. I thought film, that was the great. beginning of the film is amazingly fun, and it reminds me to tell people that are listening and maybe haven't seen the film. Um, don't worry about this being the type of film that the preview ruins the best parts. Oh, yeah. The preview can't touch any of the film because the best parts of the film are are rated. So what you're seeing in the movie is really just a teaser and a very tame teaser. Right. And and I say that by way of saying how funny for me, Patrick Stewart doing the narration, and I'm not going to give anything away from it, but he's the narrator who opens the film up kind of like a Christmas story. Right, and he gives this very casual narration, and then he deviates into this very funny territory. And just hearing Patrick Stewart, and whether you see him as Professor X or Jean Luc Picard or right. uh, you know a thespian from stage, however you view him, it's just hilarious. It's well, just funny. Not a, not only that, it is it, it's a really funny part that they kind of even sneak in to the narration right. because it doesn't seem like that's going to happen and, and then it does. So, so that's really cool. But the other thing that's interesting, I think about that is that 
if Patrick Stewart tells you something, it is just automatically true. Like yeah, you're, you are watching, Stewart, dude, it's, it's you are McCann, watching yeah. this movie, and it's, it's you know, perfect. it's the, uh, it's a goofy, you know, stuffed bear comes to life and everything, right. and you're like, ah, oh, whatever. But when you watch the movie, it's like, ah, eh, I could play along right. with this because with Patrick, Patrick Stewart, Stewart told me that this happened. <laughs> yeah. You're like, okay, fine. Well, you go along Stewart, with it. Patrick Stewart is a very funny cameo. And like any episode of Family Guy, and I'm unfortunately I've seen a bunch of them because so many friends um have said it's hilarious, you gotta love it. You know, why do you just love South Park? Or why do you why is Family Guy third? South Park, The Simpsons, you know, where does it always why does it always have to come in last? And my answer is is because it's annoying and it's unfunny. Right. Now I have to have a different kind of view on that because every single thing that I thought was annoying about the show I thought was funny in this. From And again, going back to saying like Patrick Stewart, there were a ton of celebrity cameos. Right. And they do that in Family Guy. And right. I hate it in Family Guy. It's just there to be kind of oh, self-sycophantic. Yeah. Right, right. But actually, in the movie, it plays perfectly and just so. In the movie, it's so great, weird. and I don't even I don't even necessarily want to give away. Like, I don't want to give who, away the who, big one. Who a lot uh, that's of why them I'm are. Away at, and I here's don't. the here's the thing. I mean, I, I I assume we agree on who the big one is. right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. But I do have to say this: whether I love the movie or didn't love the movie, and I didn't dislike it. I think as much as you might think I did. I that, guess you're sitting here ripping um, the poster uh, right. into pieces, like. The really big cameo is like one of the best it's cameos awesome. I've it seen so in a long awesome. time. Yeah. For exactly the reason that I know you know, <laughs> I'm thinking. But I, yeah. you know, I, I don't. Well, I mean, I guess I, I kind of could say it because that wouldn't spoil who it is. But yeah, he has no lines. I know, and it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he just it's awesome stands there. And, you know, it has some interesting facial right, expressions right. and gives some looks and yep. stuff like that. It is awesome because you would never expect that. No. Yeah. You, you know, as right. soon as you see his face, it's like, oh, he's going to, like, take over the next 10 minutes of the right. film. You you would expect, right? Because that's what people do with cameos. You know, they right. they you do at least a bit of something, something happening, right? And I I thought that I thought that was great. Well, it's just it, – it it's – it reminded me in some ways, and not just because it is the benchmark of the crude comedy film nowadays, which is The Hangover, but right. it reminded me that sitting down to watch it, and after Patrick Stewart's godly opening, right. you know, and then after the very the very first scene, you know, like what you were talking about, and you just you see that they've set the established lines to be everywhere in anything. Right. It, it's all fair game. Part of the fun in watching that movie was, even though the plot is terribly predictable, you know, you've got, and we should maybe address a little bit of it, you know, Mark Wahlberg's character is in this long-term relationship, their four-year anniversary, and she's expecting some commitment. It doesn't have to be a ring, but it has right. to be something, and he's it, incapable of His teddy bear anything. has magically come to life right. when he was eight years old right. because it was a Christmas wish, and he's now 35. Living, right, and they're living together, best right. friends forever. They're Thunder Buddies. Uh, right. And that will make more sense in the film. Um but um, Thunder, the, the but, Thunder Buddies song is very funny too. I'm thinking of the Thunder Buddies song. Um, now I got it in my head. I'm not going to sing it. But the Thunder Buddies song was okay. Like, I thought it was very funny. Um, but once you've established the lines that can go anywhere, and and even though the plot itself is very predictable, you know, boys got girl, boy loses right, girl. Right. Can boy get girl back? Can right. he have his stuffed animal help him somehow because he's animated through a magic wish? I found that even in the confines of that predictability, it was so unpredictable where the humor was going to go. And that all is in – it's mostly in thanks to Ted. You know, Seth MacFarlane's right. voicing and the action and the animatronics and all the stuff that happened. He's, you know, he's the reason that the movie is as funny as it is. Without him, well, I would, every, I would think him, so because he wrote it, directed pathetic. it, stars the best role. But you would think something would happen. But it's just something it's, a, to do with it's an interesting thing because sometimes you know you can look at any film. You're like, okay, I bet Indiana Jones is going to survive the end of this movie. Well, you right, know, so anytime right. he's in danger, twenty minutes in, you're like, okay, whatever. Right. You know, you're doing this to introduce the next Happy Meal toy line. Exactly. But truthfully, you know, if if a story is done. Well, you care about, you know, you care about what's happening. And that's not to say this film has that emotional attachment, even though it would love for you to get there. Not to that kind of an extent. If you get that emotional about this kind of film, you have the emotional range of a dish towel. Okay. But 
I, I enjoyed how it was unpredictable in its very, very strict predictable outcome. Right. You know, you, you just, you know how these kind of romantic comedies go. Right. It just, this one has a foul-mouthed teddy bear. Well, you know, I will, I will tell you this. Um, as far as, like, you're talking about getting invested in the movie and stuff, I thought this movie did an oddly remarkable job of getting you to just kind of get inside it and yeah. go along for the ride. Yeah. To the extent that, like, there were a couple of times during the movie that something would happen, and I and I went, well, that's just stupid. <laughs> and, th- and then I went, what, am I what the hell am I talking am I, about? Yeah, I'm, watching, I'm watching a talking, living <laughs> exactly. animal. Right? I did. I was like, why Why would they do that? And then I'm God. like, wait a minute. What the hell? Right, right. Why? This isn't out of Africa. But, I mean, yeah, it's know? like you got – but just, I mean, even like um, – the way people were acting to yeah. each other. Like, you know, I'm like looking at the characters and I'm like, I'm like going, well, why would he do that? Right. And then I'd go, what am I talking about? <laughs> right. How could it, how could it be any different? I mean, it's like, you know, I'm, it got me to, you know, play along with right. it so much that like, I was almost kind of like playing along with it too much. I was, right. I was like going, you know, I was, I was yeah. like calling it out. I'm being yeah. stupid about things, way, and then I'm yeah. like, "Well, wait a minute." Right. That's, right. I've, I've, so just the fact that it can do that, though, is pretty impressive. Right. When it's it is what it is. When yeah. it's crazy, foul mouth, yeah. living stuffed animal. Right. Then there are things clearly that are going right in right. in the writing and in the in the way it was directed. It's kind of interesting that he directed it. Yeah, and didn't maybe let somebody else take that on, right? Uh, just, just to I think fuse perspectives. I yeah. think there's if you have a movie where everything is, you know, the one guy, and it's not just it's not just that guy. It's just that you know, writing and directing is you know kind of you want to look at things a little bit differently right. when you're doing that. And to have somebody, you know, star, write it, direct it, and, yeah. you know, whatever, he's probably the gaffer on broad right. days yeah. out or something, who knows. But I think that um, it, it was risky yeah. anyway to, to be all of those things. But I'm kind of surprised that it was directed pretty well. Yeah, There are a lot of times when I think – Maybe scenes should have been worked differently and all right. that, but still, it 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 was a he could have okay di- right. directed thing. I mean, right. we talk about some of the problems he has, but they're not huge, huge things that he can't. If he wishes to continue, he can fix this. Right. All, all it takes is some, you know, attention and practice, and you know, learn learn right. some more. He could have easily done what you'd said, though. He could have. You know, written and starred and executive produced, and in a sense, been the director, or in, but just had a skilled director there, right? Because he's you know, like co-directed or you know, right. whatever. Right. It's, it's something. He did. It would have, I think, been interesting to have somebody else's viewpoint somewhere. Yeah. Whether it was writing, directing, yeah. you know, whatever. Some just, other hand. Just, just to have, yeah, just to have somebody else that's kind of going. Well, but what about this? Yeah. You know, I think it's it's funny because it's the dumbest sounding thing. But I feel like whenever you're making a movie, um, there there really should be a certain number of people who have the option of going, well, what about this? Right. <laughs> because right. I think if nobody's would, doing that at you, yeah, you've got, it, you're surrounded you can with the really people. get like kind of a tunnel vision yeah. of the movie and then you can't see where it's going wrong. Or, right. And I think maybe – that's the part of this movie yeah. that kind of suffers. The parts where it's, you know, somebody should have said, you know, maybe pick this part up a little bit here. Or, yeah. you know, does this line really need to be this far down the, you know, I don't like ladder of right. disgustingness or something. And there are, uh, there are a few, it's, it's kind of funny because I kind of agree with Seth MacFarlane in the general idea that even plays out in this movie that like it's your audience that decides how far is too far right like you know he's he's uh the teddy bears working in the grocery store yeah and and he's playing up to the to the hot chick he's right got a new cashier and, he and then likes. It's, and then finally he gets to the point where he goes so that's where we 
won't right. go, right? right. I right. mean, because he so he gets line. more and more yeah. gross, right. and then he goes, okay, so that's where the line right. is. And I think that's, you know, that's, that's his, indicative that's of his the theory of right. comedy is, yep. you know, it's it's the people out there laughing who decide what's too gross. And so when I'm at a screening of the movie right. and something really gross happens and the audience just sits there, right. then I know that that was too far. <laughs> yeah. But I think there are a few of those in the movie, actually, actually I don't know. where I, it's yeah. a little bit – it's not even necessarily that it's it's not – uh, well, it's not funny. There are a few parts that I think are not funny. Yeah. And and then we just have to sit there and stare at them. It's like when that goes wrong, when being really raunchy and, and totally to the extremes, right. when that goes wrong and it ends up actually not being funny, right. then it's like, but you still have to sit there and stare at it, it for right. a long time, right? And I think that's that's kind of the danger of the play is that now there's something that's just – really gross and stupid right. that I'm not laughing at. And you have to balance that against the ones that you do laugh at. Right. And, and I mean, clearly the, the movie has its funny moments. Yeah. It, it might be funny to me for a different reason than right. it's funny yeah. to most of the right. people in the audience or something, but, but it definitely is funny and it, it's, you know, it's an entertaining night out kind of a thing. Yeah. I just feel like there are actually, places that it went wrong, even if you're just looking at it for being what it is. Yeah. I think there are there are times when it goes too far and on the technical thing, I may be looking at you too much for my microphone. I'm not like talking right into my microphone. No, I can hear you. I've got I've got the we've got a crazy new uh, setup. I have to I, I'm gonna move wife, my microphone. Oh, really? over so here. we're gonna be like I am I'm gonna sit on the other end of the table. Are you really gonna you're really gonna go do this? I can hear you just fine through the uh through the earphones, so you don't have to worry too much about it. But yeah, but who knows what that means? Um, <laughs> it means I can hear you. <laughs> I know you can hear all me right, no matter right, what, though, right? right? Now, you're just have to you're just connected to that. Here. It doesn't matter. So um, anyway, I just think even like you were saying at the beginning, even if you look at it, what is this trying to be, and is it You've changed accomplishing the whole that? setup of the show? By the way, with this whole seating arrangement, now we're. Now we're like playing chess. I should I'll, I'll, next week. I'll get new chairs too, I'll and then <laughs> we'll just and two desks. Right. We'll just have two desks. Yeah, <laughs> we'll be great. set the studio. That'd be perfect. I think I think even looking at it like that, it still I think it has to get taken down for me several notches somewhere yeah. because yeah. Well, it's fine. It, it it just doesn't actually you know live up. To that I think this is this is you know humor is a very interesting thing in a way it's a it's it can be said about all kinds of things whether you want to run it through the horror filter and be like well what scares you may not scare me so right. you might think the Blair Witch Project is the greatest horror film in modern filmmaking and you know we've talked about this before I'm not afraid of sticks and you know, the woods like I grew right. up in Maine I'm kind of used to that so it's not scary to me humor is kind of that beast where if you like you know, if your idea of humor is, you know, something on TV or like a Bill Cosby album, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. that that's The guy's funny, you right. know, but if you really like your humor raunchier, you know, you want to hear Eddie Murphy, you want to hear someone cursing, um, you know, making fun of people only because if you make fun of everybody, everybody's equal, you know, that kind of shtick, then, right. then this is maybe not your kind of film, you know, and I'm not saying you're an intellectual prude or that your comedy tastes don't run that way. But no, this film is certainly not for everybody. What it is for is if you're going to the theater this week or next week, assuming it's still playing and you want to go see some funny, um, understandably crude, you know, humored film, it's not the dictator, you know, it's Ted. Right. Like right now, Ted is doing what the dictator should have done. I, if it had anything going for it. I agree on, on that one pretty easily i i liked it at least if nothing else i liked it better than the dictator i loved I, I it way more i, than I didn't the dictator. think i didn't i was so surprised the dictator i was fell so i was flat really me. i mean not to bring up that we can listen but to that this is over, but. this is clearly like in kind of that hangover yeah it's camp, a hangover film. like people are going to think kind of hangover and i felt like this was 
if this can somehow become a scale, I felt like this was somewhere in between the Hangover and the Hangover Two. It was. I didn't think it was all the way. Like, yeah, I see that. to the Hangover. You no, know? I and agree. It, and it wasn't all the way to Hangover Two, which I thought the Hangover Two was just awful. Yeah. I mean, it had a few moments, but it just was like. I don't know. So it was I, a reunion I, movie. I don't know. Basically. That that may be a confusing way to make a <laughs> comparison. If somebody loved both of those, right? right? I mean, but well, if somebody loved both of those films, they're going to love Ted. Well, that's it's, it's in given. the same vein. Yeah. You know, it is really that kind of film. Right. So, but if you don't like those, if you really don't like those films or that kind of humor, you're not going to enjoy this movie. You well, know, you're right. just not gonna. There's not gonna be any part of it because you're not gonna. You're not gonna be able to withstand the onslaught of a filthy, foul-mouthed, you know, teddy bear. I, I, I hope that. I hope that nobody, you know, that's gonna be in that kind of a camp right. is even gonna go. Right. I mean, there is at least enough warning in the trailer. You get the idea that it, that, that it's going on. to be ugly what for was, you. What was the baby? Was he baby Huey? Uh, no, it wasn't Huey. In. Um, who framed Roger Rabbit? That looks so cute and cuddly until the the action is done and then he's looking yeah, up under I skirts. It's like right. going to see his movie and expecting it to be a child movie. Right. It's, it's a filthy, raunchy, you know, film. So right. don't expect it to be anything else. It it is really like American Family. Um, I that show. And you know what's weird is I haven't even really watched the other sh- any of his other shows. I, I've but, seen. So I I've heard they're good though. But and the ratings seen. are crazy. It's such a he's had such a really interesting career. It's know, interesting that he's got the show. Fox thing. You know, he's it's got Fox Sunday yeah. Night is the animation it's, it's domination, him, and yeah. it's and it's amazing that just a few years ago him, he but. he couldn't. Well, no, I mean it's all Seth MacFarlane. You know, I mean he doesn't do everything by himself, but if he could, he would. If he could change his voice just three more octaves, he would do everybody himself right, without right. you know cameos. It's just really interesting, his history with Fox, you know, having Family Guy run the first time and get canceled, and then only brought back later as kind of like a, well, maybe, you know, maybe we can fill something in, and then having it take off like crazy. Right. I mean, what a weird, what a weird way to get your success, but. And then it's like, what is it, like three different shows now, yeah. I think he's got, right? I mean. I tried to watch all How do you even make and, three different shows every week at the same time? Even if all you have to do is the voices and stuff. I, right. I feel like at some point it's got to, you know, you've got to run out of gas. It and, would be and like. some of it's not that good. Right. Not I, that I watch it. it let me I don't know. watch it. I tried to watch it because like you, everyone was, you know, they were saying it was great. And right. I've watched them. I've seen a lot of Family Guy because I just happened to be, you know, in a place where I was like, maybe I'll get finally. And I just couldn't get it. That's awesome. The dog picked it up. Um, and I saw a couple episodes of the American dad and I didn't like it. And I saw like a quarter of an episode of the Cleveland show. And I'm like, look, I understand now. I don't like it. Right. Like, why am I torturing myself? And more importantly, why am I just losing time to this? Right. Because I can only vent about it at some point when I see Seth MacFarlane's film. And I now know, I've gotten it out of right. my system. Hooray. But yeah. I got other things to do. I got better things to do, you know, but I, I did try to give it a fair shake. And I, I know what you mean. It would be almost like my love for South Park if there was a show just for Cartman and Kenny and Kyle. And then once a week it was they're all together for an episode of South Park. Right. At like how, how, that do, many make, stories how do you make all those shows? Right. Um, so the other thing that I did want to say about the movie, too, is that um, while there was a lot of it that I thought didn't quite make it, I mean, there were there were a lot of scenes where other people in the theater around me were laughing, right. and I was going, you know, really? I mean, I, mm-hmm. like, I just didn't think it was that funny. There, there really are like for all the you know snobby movie critic that I that I am, and for all that I try to explain away some of the humor and stuff, there there really are some funny parts. Yeah, I mean there are parts that you I just feel like no one can deny right are funny unless you're just like you said if you're like totally prudish and right. and anything remotely like that kind of humor just is not gonna work for you. Yeah, then you know there really are some funny moments, but there are some parts I feel like you know just. It it ran away somehow, and not every joke. The can thing go. that the thing that I especially don't like about the movie is just like last week for me. I think what I don't like about this movie the most is the movie that I wish I was watching. That's right. really close to this, where we just you know reined it in a little bit at some times when the raunchiest choice is not the funniest. 
joke, you know, and had something work better with getting a whole movie story on film. Right. Yeah. Because I feel like this really could have been a, a much better movie and we're getting pretty close on time. So, you know, just for explanation's sake, I still kind of feel like this is about maybe two and a half, three, yeah. somewhere in that general area. Um, you know, if I really wanted to laugh one day, then my rating would probably be three. And, right. it's, you know, it's right. like it's like yeah. that kind of thing. So yeah. it's it's somewhere in that range. But just like last week, I feel like I was watching the movie going, this should have been four, you know, it, right. it should have been a really funny movie that pe- you know that people would like come back to for years yeah. and watch again because if I feel like if you had somebody working on the writing with him and and trying to you know if he just like you said in in real life you kind of like him he seems like a real egomaniac yeah he totally does and so is he or isn't he I don't know yeah. I have no idea. And, you know, maybe like if you watch interviews with him, you can get a clearer picture of that. But just the way he exists in popular culture, yeah. he seems like he's an egomaniac, right? right? And right. like, why would he have somebody help him write the script? Right. Because the script I write is the best script there is. I right. mean, that's just kind of the impression that yeah, I get, that I, I think other people get as well. If he would have just had somebody work on, you know, bring somebody in to work on the script with you, you know. Well, he had two other. I mean, I don't know. Who bring they somebody are. in to do this and that, or, yeah. or I don't, I don't know. But I know what you're saying. Just yeah. have somebody help you. I feel like it could have really been, yeah, something pretty cool. Yeah. And that was like the thing that I liked least about the movie was yeah. that I was going, man, and, and you know, they're just the the slow parts really got to me at a point. There was. There was kind of a point where I was really liking it, and I was like, "Man, I, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a little bit weird that I'm really liking this." And then all these story parts kept coming out, where it just was so dragging along, yeah. and I just felt like, "Can can we get on with it?" And it's, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we were doing the show, maybe it was longer than that, I don't know, but. Uh, you know, we were talking about, I think, like, I checked my watch or something. Right. And I was like, we're getting to that point where I'm like, there's got to be so much stuff left to happen. How much time can be left yeah. in the movie? And yeah. I felt like that kind of happened in this movie, too. We, It kept going and going and going. And it got to a certain point where I was like, it, is it just going to end? Is there going to, I mean, or is, <laughs> are we actually going to get somewhere? Or is right. this movie going to run for another half hour, even though it's, you know, so I just... I felt like really the pacing was rocky and a lot of the funny parts, like you were saying, there's, you get kind of these like 18 to 20 minute stretches where bits that really are pretty good. And even if maybe those are a little shorter and they're like 15 minutes or whatever, the idea is the same, whatever those parts are, we are like running through those parts and going and going and going. And then it's like, bam, we like hit the brakes as hard as we can and go, let's talk about their relationship and the story and, you know, see the, see her sitting in the office at work, getting hit on by the guy and just all of those things. Although Joel McHale is awesome because I'm, I'm a Joel McHale. You're a huge Joel McHale. I like Joel McHale. But I like him, and I thought he was pretty good in this movie. And it, it's kind of a goofy, it's a goofy role. Smarmy, you know, it's, it, the movie crazy needed role, one yeah. of those guys, and I thought it actually has two of them. But he's the more likable of them. You know, Giovanni Ribisi is out there in his so, role, yeah. and he goes for it, and it's awesome to see him right. go for it because he really plays the creepy guy. Um, the, but I, you know what? That, McCann, that was actually part. Of, that was. When he gets seriously in the movie, right? That was some of the parts where I was like, going, I mean, what is this? And then I'd go, Oh, what right. am I talking about? Right. You know, like, why am I? There's his hypnotic crazy dance of obsession would, is really something yeah. to see. But Joel McHale, you know, I, I we're not going to nitpick the, you know, because we are getting down to the time. But I actually liked him least of all the participants in the film, which is not to say I hate him. I think he's funny. But I thought the best part of the film that he's in is when he has a party at his house 
and he and John Bennett, him and Mark Wahlberg, have like this dude talk. And he's like, I'm just going to tell you man to man, like, this is what I'm doing. This is what I need. And I need this from you. And he leaves and he has one of the best lines in the film as Mark Wahlberg is running off to go do something. I'm not going to run. But for the most part, he was just like this. We need a we need a creepy guy in the role. And, you know, I'm not expecting a lot of layers to the characters in this film. It's a vehicle for getting one crude joke to another and basically just walking. And now, see, um, even though we are getting uh, really short on time, that's another thing that I thought kind of brought the movie down for me a little bit is because there is somewhere buried in this movie this kind of like, uh, you know, boy growing up kind of maturity, getting to a different, you know, place in your life kind of. There's some kind of like thematic stuff happening, right? Yeah. And the fact that we sort of pretend that it's there and then don't do anything with it at all, that kind of bugged me. If we would not even pretend that it was there, that'd be one thing. Or if we would do a little bit of something with it, that'd be another thing. But to kind of hint at it in these tiny little ways, and even that scene is kind of a thing because, you know, it's that is a scene that could have been – more used kind of plays that he like he's so he's so a little boy still right that he would actually say look man i'm just Don't gonna say even yeah. though my girlfriend's right. telling me that you're hitting on her all the time right. he's so like lost in this boy yeah. you know naive place that he exists in such a way that he would you know do that do that yeah and so there's kind of like hints of stuff there and it sort of bugged me that it didn't actually exist it just was like the shadow of that somewhere off to the side yeah you know i i thought you know i won't rattle on because i know we'll try to get another time but i thought there was a huge fun theme going on and i didn't see it under too much i actually was disappointed that they came right out at one point and told it but i guess I guess there's the idea that maybe your audience isn't smart enough to pick up on it, you know, but I thought it was really interesting that you have a guy who's incapable of advancing his life to the next mature level, even though he's got all the right components uh, except his job. But, you know, he's got all he's, well, got, but he's got a job. He's got the least. girl. He's got a job. I mean, he's got his life. And he's he's enable of moving forward because he's still this kid and it's perfectly represented by who his best friend is because he literally has this. Right. toy from his childhood right. that is magically, you know, alive and he, and it's bonded to him and he can't he, he can't sever his he, childhood right. because it's always around it's not an albatross around his neck it's a teddy bear he, you know he waiting literally has the things in his childhood that he won't let go of right and he cannot right. and you know and it won't let go of him and it's a huge metaphor for all these things and it's not reading into something that's not there because in fact one point of the film you know, even Joel McHale says, you know, look, you can't have this guy. He's even incapable of letting go of his teddy bear. Right. You know, and I thought it, it, it was a I was having so much fun with the themes of it. I wish that hadn't been hit, you know, hitting the audience like a sledgehammer right. with it. There also um, the, there also were uh, some cool things where so, many of the good things about him mm-hmm. were the the childlike, the the yeah. things that he still does because of he has, you know, this kind of childlike yep. quality that he hasn't gotten rid of yet. Right. And so, you know, that was – it's not like it wasn't happening at all. No, it but just, I know what you mean. But I thought – It just was like if they were going to do it, do it. Not and if not – Not hint at it. Right. Well, you you know, you're two and a half to three. I, I had a blast with it. I didn't think I was going to – I didn't think I was going to have as much fun with it as I did, like I said, for all the reasons at the beginning – all the ingredients of a show I do not like from a guy whose work I cannot stand. Right. It's a three and a half star film for me. It, it was really fun and entertaining. And the Friday night audience that we went to, um, this is one of the good and the bad things about going to films like that on opening weekend when it's a comedy. We missed a well, lot of lines. I couldn't hear. Right. They had the lines because they were laughter. All, they all have. Everybody so much fun and they got you know if you're going to see family guy or seth mcfarland's work you're going to get more than you paid for because you're going to get all these things but some of the jokes I, i'm going to have to see the film or right. hear it again because i missed maybe 10 percent, 15 percent of them 
everybody was laughing so hard I because, couldn't hear it. Yeah, there were moments, and you especially know? like we were saying, you know, you get in the in the middle you of that, that fifteen rhythm. or eighteen yeah. minutes, and, and then you're just like boom, 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 boom. Yeah. right, right. So I I had a lot of fun. I think it's I think it's a really fun time for somebody to go see if you like that kind of humor. Okay, so I'm going two and a half to three. You're three and a half, yep. and we're going to try and wrap this up. The live show is going to end really quick. soon, anyway. Yep. Um, but so, you know, thanks for tuning in yeah. and, uh, the numbers have really been going up and been great. So thanks to thanks all the lot. people who listen in and hopefully this show actually worked with yep. our, right. with our new <laughs> setup. Yeah. And next week, I guess is Spider-Man, Spider-Man right? Yeah. So That'll we will, we will see you next week. All right. Thanks. Goodbye. And so, okay. Live show's over. Right. Theoretically. Now that yeah. probably didn't work. And so people are listening to live, well, whatever. We'll find out. But, um, I, I just, you know, that. Boom! Over kind of thing. Is there, is there anything else about this movie? Is there anything you want to uh, no. on your no. predictions of Spider-Man or talk about? I'm anything, still a little or? nervous about Spider-Man. Not, and I'm I a huge. Too. I mean, I think we talked about this before. I'm a huge comic book fan. I've been so my whole life, and I love the way comic book movies have just gotten better. You know, we're not seeing Dolph Lundgren as the Punisher, right? you know, or, you know, the really horrible Roger Corman attempts at the Fantastic Four. You know, we're seeing thoughtful films because people finally realize not only is there a cash cow in comic books, but that there are big stories there. Right. And I don't necessarily hold myself only to, um, you know, the Tobey Maguire kind of Spider-Man, but I'm a little nervous about how Andrew Garfield is going to play this one. It just seems like his attitude when he's Spider-Man... Though it's more in line with what he really was like in the comic early, um, it's just—I it, don't think it's going to translate well, and I'm, I'm a little nervous about whether or not I'm going to like it or not. Well, I think it's a little weird that um, I don't like whether you're talking about, I guess, what the character is like or how the character acts or you know whatever. I don't like messing with origin stories of comics. Yeah. And this is not the origin story of Spider-Man. Yeah. So, right. I, I just think that's weird. I mean, why? Why do you have to do that? You could you could have any jillion stories about Spider-Man. And, right. You could even. It, the other thing that I think is weird is you know just because you're, you know, quote unquote rebooting Spider-Man or whatever, yeah. or you're going to have a new person playing Spider-Man. Does not mean your movie has to be right. an origin type story all at all. You, pick up where you know, we know who Spider Man is. Right. Just jump Just in and it. and yeah. go somewhere. You know, like in five years, and somebody reboots Batman. I mean, we're gonna have yeah. to live through the whole origin of Batman again. Yeah. I mean, it's like it just doesn't have to. Everybody loves happen that way. And know, I don't get it. They they love they love telling the origin the way they see it. You know, Sam Raimi, to his credit, part of the fun of the first film really is when Tobey Maguire gets his abilities and powers and starts figuring them out. Right. And that's more about how Sam Raimi is as a director than it is the story, because like you said, there's no deviation. We know he gets bit by the spider. He starts developing all these weird abilities. He figures things out. Uncle Ben dies. Sorry if I'm ruinous for you. Right. You know, blah, blah, blah. Most people just want to put their spin on it, you know, and and. Sometimes I, ju- I just want to get to the fun. I, I just think, stuff. especially in this case, it it feels yeah. really weird because I mean, you, you know, dude, we just were here. Right. I mean, yeah. this is like just well, happened. The, you know, I I like his enthusiasm. I love the the footage. If you haven't seen, if you're interested in the film, you know, this might be of interest to you. But if you're not, you know, none of this talk is just a. It's just going to be blah blah blah. Oh, right. You know, exactly. but if you if you're interested in the film and you haven't seen. Andrew's um, Andrew Garfield's appearance at Comic Con last year. It's on YouTube. It's all over the place. He he shows up in character to answer some questions at a panel, uh, to ask questions. Excuse me, at a panel, and no one knows who he is until he takes his mask off, and then he starts giving this real heartfelt speech about why Spider-Man was really important to him as a kid and why he hopes he doesn't let everybody down. And it's great. You know, he's got all the energy in the world to do this. I just don't know if the components are going to be enjoyable. Uh, yeah, I'm just, I feel like from what we see in the trailer and from what we see on several clips that have been online and everything, this seems like a slightly odd Spider-Man yeah. from uh, most things that we've seen. I mean, yeah. apart from like maybe the, you know, Spider-Man and his amazing friend Saturday morning cartoon or something. Don't where, be knocking on I love where it. Where he man. was... 
you know, I, no, I, know. I certainly watched it too, but he was a little bit more like quippy, you know, like, yeah. like and he was flinging you know, out little right. zingers at people. But like in in one of the trailers we've seen, he seems oh, that scene really seems like it's like bad attitude it, Spider Man. It's, cool. it's it's strange. And in yeah. a way, you know, in a way, you have to, you know, it's easy to forget because there's been so many iterations of Spider Man, and people, you know, you know the you know the origin, but you don't really think back on like really going through it. He was kind of a jerkish kid. Oh right. It took it right. took the accident of letting the burglar go by him because he was kinda like, I'm not gonna stop you unless you right, pay right, me right. to. Like he now was kind of like this bully who was empowered, but he was always like a secret, like, I want to rage because I've been picked on so much. Right. If you know, there's one argument to be said that the film is gonna go that route. That Sam Raimi's film is actually the mistaken one because it didn't portray him. He was always this goody two shoes kid. Um Maybe there is something to this one where he is snide and kind of cruel. Like when he's taking the guy and he's like, oh, you found my secret weakness. Right. It's small knives. Okay, you got to say something because this is the Clint Eastwood, like, make my day moment. Right. But it's his delivery. You're right. Yeah. It's it's just it's cruel. It, it really is. Like, you know, in um, – I mean, uh, I can't say this is, like, a perfect comparison here, but, you know, like I – said in the in the Saturday morning cartoon yeah he was he was kind of quippy and and kind of like a little snide maybe yeah. or something but it wasn't like he was mean or right. I, I don't know there's something that is different it's there that it just it seems weird in the trailer yeah. and you know who, who, knows? who knows we both know we have, both know that scene probably isn't even in the movie knows? anyway yeah. so it's gonna have great special effects and i'm psyched to see if andrew garfield you know does a good job i think he will pulls it off but right. um it's it's the story i'm worried about it's not the it's not the characters exactly you know so we'll see but, yeah i don't know i think it's going to be weird too so um now we're really going to end um and you know tune in next week for spider-man and you know i think i'm going to give spider-man away too cool. like for the show so tune in next week and we will nice. we will arrange some sort of contest you know to win the blu-ray of spider-man Somehow in part of the show, we'll, right. we'll, we'll figure that out by next week. And uh, you know, I just want to say again, thanks for tuning in. We yeah. had a lot of awesome listeners who yeah. tune back in, email us all the time, right? And we are, you know, we are like thrown. This is frankly. a blast. Yeah, yeah, I'm so psyched you guys are, you know, responding. It's really fun. Right. So keep it so, up. So uh, yeah, keep the emails coming. And also, as we've said before, um, you know, if you're not interested in the live show you know send us an email ahead of time about you want us to talk about this about spider-man or you have a question about this or even you know you saw spider-man and i feel like it's great and here's why and you know we will talk about it on the show yeah absolutely there's no time limit or statute limitations on the film right like we like we said before an old show even if you're listening you know if you listen to an old show or if you're just now seeing dark shadows and you think we missed something or you can't wait to tell you know us that we hit it right let us know and let us know and you'll be on the next show right but for now that's it um but check us out at rescreening.com and we'll be back next week thanks thanks Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with a spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with a spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway.